0: Hey guys, welcome to the first episode of Mall Unfiltered. I cannot believe I'm finally starting a podcast and I'm so excited to see where this takes us, but if you do not know me, my name is Jamal Augustav and I go by Mall August. I value a lot of my friendships, I value my family a lot, and I value my significant other a lot. But this podcast is kind of a way of me journaling what I've been through and sharing my experiences. It's completely unfiltered. I will be dishing out everything on here. Even if it's hard for me to talk about, even if I stumble, I will still be talking about it. Let's get started. This episode is about friendships, trust, who you should trust, how, to, like, how. You could trust someone 1,000% and they could completely have a turned blind eye and feel a complete different way about you. So when I first moved to New York, I found a friend group that I still talk to this is, to this day, but I personally
1: resonated with one particular person. And
0: every time me and him would hang out, it was, like, completely different from when me and my rest of my friends hung out. But I ended up falling in love with him. Like, actually in love. Like, what was I thinking? I'm 18 years old falling in love with somebody. What the fuck? But i was watching him get his heart broken constantly and constantly and constantly by this guy that he was obsessed with and i just could not take it anymore i was like fucking get over it like this guy is not gonna treat you right like why are you still trying to get some sort of happiness with this person so i invited him over to a park the central park i invited him to central park and we were sitting at the lake and i basically just confessed my entire heart to him and let me just say y'all if i read you this letter i basically said i would take care of you like i don't like you getting you see getting to see you mistreated by this guy like he's not worthy of you you're so much worthier girl What the actual fuck was I actually thinking is what I want to know. Like, what in the right mind told me that I was actually truly in love with this man? Because I promise you, now, me now,
1: I, (laughs) no, let's just say now, (laughs) but anyways, so
0: after I dished it out, I told him how i felt he of but my main thing about telling him how i felt was i told him that i didn't want anything now i wanted to wait a couple of years and see where we're both at in life because that's how long i thought our friendship would last and he completely agreed so we ended off on a good note Why in the hell two days later he's doing the same thing that he was doing before? I was like, okay, I'm done. I was supposed to stay over at his apartment for the next two weeks because I lived in a dormitory at the time. And I was supposed to stay over his apartment for the next two weeks. And I booked my flight back home the next day. And I left the next day without saying a word. I'm dramatic. I'm petty. We know this shit. And he did not say a word to me, did not try to stop me. And yes, I'm sorry, y'all. But if you knew the friendship that we had, you should have stopped me before I got on the plane and tried to fix whatever was going on. I will never... like. Maybe I'm too much of a hopeless romantic. Maybe I'm too much of a good friend. But I would just never have let myself get on that plane. Like, I have the funds. We could have canceled the flight. I could have still stayed. But I didn't get a call. I didn't get a text message. I didn't get nothing for about two months until I saw him at Pride. And all I got was... A text message that he sent to one of my friends. And he basically texted her. I don't want to hang out with you guys. If he's there. I was like. She showed me the segment. I said girl. I said oh hell no. This shit is just getting fucking so flabbergasted. Out of proportions. Like fuck him. (laughs) But. Side note basically is. From that situation, I learned so much about New York. And we're actually good friends now, I would say. Like, everything is all over. Like, we're good friends. But that was the first time I experienced that you need to prioritize and reserve your space. You can think somebody completely cares as much as you care about them. But little do you know, in your little mind... They don't even have the audacity to give you any sort of respect when it comes down to it. And I learned that from my situation that just happened with my old roommate. Whew. Lord, let me hit this vape real quick. Hmm. Y'all, by the way, I'm hitting the Elf Bar right now. It's a Sunset Elf Bar. 10 out of 10. Recommend. If you don't vape, give me some advice. But let me do another hit. I need another hit. Ooh. That is a good hit. I hope y'all are having a good day. Truly, it is a Sunday. I hope you guys are having a wonderful, wonderful day. It's a Sunday for me right now. But... It's literally six thirty-four in the morning on a Sunday. The chickens outside of my parents' house are cackooing. They're going cacko, but let's back. Let's get back to the topic. So, my old roommate happened to be my freshman year roommate. We weren't as close freshman year because I was so close to, um, so we happened to start getting closer because I wanted to move out of the dormitory completely because they were telling me they were going to put somebody in my room, which I wish to the gods that I would have just not moved out, if I'm being completely honest. Um, But I did because I completely trusted him and I was like, okay, at least he's there. I don't know the girl like that because there was a girl living there too. I don't know the girl like that, but at least I know him. We became so close. I felt like it was a magnetic attraction. Like, I was like, the sexual tension is hot. I was like, the sexual tension is so fucking hot. But he has so many insecurities that I just never tried anything. The most that we ever did in the year of us knowing each other was maybe dance really, really close together. But... I never tried anything physical with him, ever. Um, We would even watch movies together, cuddle, fall asleep, and nothing would happen. Nothing. I know. I know. The sexual tension was hot, but one night, it was a wine night, we were watching the premiere of The Kardashians. All of my friends leave after the premiere. And we're very drunk. Like, we're wine drunk as hell. And I'm talking to him because we previously had a threesome before. Ooh, should I tell y'all about the threesome? Let me tell y'all about the motherfucking motherfucking threesome. So, a couple weeks before this white night, we happened to go out to a popular gay club called Le Bain. And, no, it wasn't Lebane. It might have been Labane. Or, or it was the Q. It was the Q or Le Bain. But we met this guy there, and he wanted to go home with us. And I was like, are you going to pay for our Uber? Because, you know, we're on a budget here. I was like, are you going to pay for our Uber? So he ends up paying for our Uber. He comes inside, and I'm with another guy at the time. I'm seeing another guy. Um, And the other guy just knocks out in my room. And as he is sleeping in my room... I'm saying goodnight to my roommate and the guy that we invited over because I thought they were about to have sex. I was like, okay, they're about to have sex. I'm going to give them more space. Why the hell the guy that came over from the club says, do you guys want to play truth or dare? I said, "Uh, not really, but I'm going to go to bed. Y'all have fun. And my roommate says, no, don't you dare leave me. So then I'm thinking, oh shit, maybe he's uncomfortable. At that point, I should have stopped everything and just kicked him out at the moment. But I was so drunk that I was just like, whatever. Um, so we start playing through the dare, and one thing leads to another, and we're both fucking this guy. He's fucking him, and I'm fucking my roommate. This is the first time we've ever done anything sexual at any point in at all in our relationship. And when I kissed my old roommate it was like all the sexual tension had been released and it was like one of the best kisses that i've had in a while that i was just like fireworks were exploding i don't know if it was the alcohol i don't know what it was but it was like fireworks were exploding in my mind um don't really remember much after that but the next day we just like Talked about it. We were just like, okay, it happened. It was bound to happen. We knew it was bound to happen, but everything was fine. We became close again. Fast forward to wine night, and after all of my friends left after the Kardashians, we're cleaning up, and my dumb ass says, Would you ever consider doing something alone with just us two? And he says, Yes, he would, but he doesn't want to get jealous every time i bring someone over because i'm always bringing people over which yes i was a whore at the time um and i was like you know what you're right but like that's not gonna happen because you know how much you mean to me and mind you i showed this guy how important he is to me i would take him out to dinners like not just like to mcdonald's like i'm talking Nobu, Restaurants, bitch. Like, I was taking him out to five star fucking restaurants just so he could know how important he is to me. We had another roommate. I would never do that shit for that girl. I do not know her like that. She's always been a little crazy to me. Like, so I just never associated with her unless it was, um, how do I say this? Um, cordial. Um, so he says yes. And all I remember is picking him up and putting him on the kitchen counter. And we just fucked. Like, we fucked. Like, when I say, y'all, we fucked, we fucked. And it was not as good as I remembered it to be. And I kept wondering. I was like, wait. Have I actually ever liked you? Or was it just because of so much tension that the first time... That we had the threesome. It just released it all. And I just... I'm content. And I realized I just genuinely just wanted him to be one of my friends. I wanted him to stay in my life for a while and just be one of my friends. But that situation happened. We became very close. After that situation, a month later, I met my significant other... And he just fucking became so passive-aggressive towards me. And I couldn't figure out why exactly. It was like, I was wondering, like, why is he so passive-aggressive? I was talking to my friends. I was like, I don't know why he's so passive-aggressive towards me. But ever since I've met my significant other, it's like, I'm the enemy for some reason. So then I was thinking maybe it's the jealousy, maybe it's because his mom is sick and he just does not have the right mental space. He does a lot of like, he did a lot of fucking, um. like, a lot of it was messing up with his head mentally. So I was like, maybe it's because of that. Um, but I just couldn't figure out what it was. I kept trying, I kept trying, I kept trying. And I just could not figure out what exactly it was. Um, he came home one night and we had a talk and I was like what is going on like let me in like let me in and what's going on and he basically updated me and he was telling me that he walked into a room at one of his meetups and they just had a bed on the floor just a mattress on the floor laying there and he was just fucked handed cash and left and I told him you cannot keep doing this like this is not healthy for you at all like this is not good for your mental state and this was actually the first time we actually kind of bonded on a different like level where I was just like got down to his level and I said you are so important your mental health matters you do not need to do this I understand that once you've gotten used to a certain sort of lifestyle, it's hard to go back to what you were, but your parents are paying your rent. Your parents are paying your utilities. Yes, they are struggling, as you say they are, but they're still doing it for you. You do not have to put yourself in these continuously dangerous situations in order to live your luxury life. But, you know, humans are humans. They're going to do what they want. Everything was fine after we had that conversation, y'all. And then me and my significant others started hanging out a lot more. We started hanging out almost every single day now. And pride. Pride week was a mess. It was just... It didn't need to be, like, that dramatic, like... It's, like, my best friend stopped talking to me because of the situation. My roommate stopped talking to me because he was going through his stuff. It was just, like, two of the most important people in my life were just going through it, like, for real. Um, he was just very passive-aggressive. Anyways, so I asked him about it. I'm, like, what happened? And all of these situations were just blamed on clubs. And I'm just like, on clubs? Babe, when I was a freshman, I could not even get into clubs because of my fucking race. It is a miracle that I have found a group of people that I feel comfortable around enough now to be even able to step out of the house. Clubbing as a black gay queer in New York is not easy. It is one of the hardest things that will put you in your place so quick. And I don't know. It's just something he would never understand. But it became a situation in my head where I was like, okay, is that all that I am to you is someone who you can go out with, someone who you can use? And I started thinking about it. And one of my friends that was staying with us at the time was just telling me all of these things that you are giving him too much. Like, you basically spoil him, and it doesn't make any sense and I was like, "You know what you're right, I do spoil him. I really do. I don't know why, but I can't stop. I'm paying for hundreds of dollars of dinners I'm paying it just it just didn't make sense. Every party that we would have, I would pay for it because it was like he was there. If that girl was throwing a party that we lived with, I would have never done that shit but We threw a party and I spent like $800 on just alcohol because I wanted to satisfy everyone and satisfy him mostly. But basically the situation was we went through a very hard time because one of our friends that were staying with us that I actually became really close with, he asked both of my roommates if he could stay for a couple of weeks and he did. He stayed for a couple of weeks. I said, I don't care. I'm barely home, so it's up to them, too. They both said yes. He stayed for June. but I want to say half of June. But apparently, that was a big problem because he did not offer to pay rent, which that comes into play, y'all. If I get it that most people offer money when they're staying with people but if we're all friends and he asks you hey can i stay for a couple of weeks and none of you say hey yeah you can but can you give us some sort of like income what do you expect truly what do you expect i'm perfectly fine my rent is still getting paid on time the utility bills are still getting paid on time Their rent is getting paid by both of their parents, so there's no issues there. So then I'm starting to wonder, why do we need this extra money for? You know what I mean? Like, the electricity bill is not going higher because of one person. He's basically taking the spot up for me because I'm not home. I'm not home ever. Um... So a situation happens where the girl comes back from the trip that she went on with my roommate that I had sex with. And she comes back and she's banging, banging, banging on the door. And I get a text saying, hey, is he here? I'm like, yeah, he just came back on Wednesday. Because he had left for the end of June and came back around the middle of June. not. not the middle, he came back around the middle of June and it was like July July like I would say like July four thirteenth, July 12th and he came back and we were supposed to go to Long Island to go with my friend to go what's it called clubbing but last minute work thing called me up and he was leaving for LA that Wednesday so I was like yeah it's fine just stay here so he's staying here. She comes in and she demands one thousand dollars from this man. Mind you, our rent has already been paid. our utilities has already been paid. So I hear that I'm like, "What are you talking about? One thousand dollars? What the fuck do you need a thousand dollars for? Girl? be so fucking for real what 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 is the thousand dollars for? What do you need? Your mother just paid your rent. Your mother just paid your utilities." His mother and father just paid his rent and utilities. I just paid my rent and utilities. What is the $1,000 coming from? That's another situation that we don't need to get into right now. But this situation got me heated. So I defended my friend because I don't know that girl like that. Even though I've been living with her, I've probably talked with her maybe 25% of the time. I grew a really good relationship with that friend that was staying with us. So I defended him. I was like, he does not need to send $1,000. He's staying for two more days. That makes zero sense. So she got heated. She got mad. She is actually bipolar. Um, She got so angry that I said that he could stay in my room for two more days because she said she felt uncomfortable. Which... That would have been a different situation if he was a stranger, but he is a very feminine gay man who she has talked to on multiple occasions. So now it becomes a situation. Do you feel uncomfortable or are you just mad because you did not get your way? I don't know. Even still to this day, I still wonder, why was she so volatile? She brings in this huge man that I have never seen before. She brings in this huge black man. Says it's a family friend. He introduces to me very nicely. I am on my robe, sitting on the couch. And... The friend that was staying with us is just sitting on the other couch and we we're watching TV. Her mom gets on the phone. Oh, by the way, y'all, if you are ever thinking about getting into a lease situation, do not sublease. Don't do that. And make sure if you are renting with someone, make sure it's not with their parents, period. Um, she, her mom is on the phone and she's like, I want a hundred dollars per day that you're staying here, and I want it to be sent to me. And I'm saying, why does it have to be sent? I'm like, what? At, at first, I'm just like, what is going on? This has to be this. There has to be a bigger deal at this point. There has to be a bigger deal. She says she feels uncomfortable by him staying, but she's okay with him staying if she gives her a hundred dollars per day. I don't know this person's financial situation. So I'm not hounding him. I'm just saying, I'm just like, why? What is the money for? Like, what do you need it for? Like, utilities is not that expensive. You are getting your rent paid by your parents. I'm paying my rent out of my own pocket. I have one more month here. He's leaving on Wednesday. It's two more days. I'm just, I'm very confused by the situation. So I'm just sitting there like, what is going on? Like, truly, like, what is going on? I'm trying to find the bigger picture. Her mom gets into this idea where it's like, well, I want him out now if he's not going to be giving me $100 today for tomorrow and the next day. So she's demanding $300 from this man at this very point. So I'm like, you know what? I'm trying to solve this. I'm trying. I'm really trying to mediate the situation. So I'm like, okay, it's fine. I will just PayPal my friend, the roommate that's in another, he's in another country right now because he's helping his mom with some stuff but I'll just PayPal him $300. And she's like, no, I want it to be PayPal to me. I don't want it to be PayPal to anyone else. Mind you, they are both on the lease, at least I think. So I say I'm going to PayPal him because I do not trust her or you. And she gets so pushy with it. I am on the phone with my bank Trying to let this go through. Mind you, 1260 just came out of my account plus another hundred on that. So I need to get another limit with Drood so I could put that into our roommate's account. She is so against this. She does not want this to be sent to him, and I do not know why. So then I start getting suspicious. I'm like, okay, now I really want to know what the issue is. Are we going broke? Like. I'm sorry. Like, that's the first thing that popped in my mind. Are we going broke? Is Are we living too beyond our means? And now we're trying to exploit this guy who just needs a place to stay for two days that we all know, we all go to school with. This is not just a stranger. You guys have known him longer than me. You guys are the one that gave him permission for him to stay. Mind you, I had just gotten the okay from the other roommate and the other roommate's parents, the guy that I had sex with, um, saying that it was okay for him to stay for the next two days. So now it's this situation. This man that she had brought into the apartment told him, "Give me a hundred dollars right now." Stood in his face, "Give him, a, give me a hundred dollars right now." I have never seen him be so scared. This is a 40-year-old man talking down on a 19-year-old. He's 20 now. But speaking down on a 19, 20-year-old shirtless and short, short pants, I can promise you it is very easy to tell that this guy is um a part of the LGBTQ community, my friend. So at this point, I'm like, oh, my God. Is he in danger? Like, that's the first thought I think. So I'm like, I can't get $300 set for, like, two hours. Like, figure something out really quickly. Like, what is going on? So he's like, okay, I have an emergency fund. Let me just give her the 100 So he gives her a $100 bill in cash. And the mom says, actually, you know what? I changed my mind. I want him out. And I want him out now. And then the big man starts putting on his presence in our home. He says, well, that's all I needed to know. Get the fuck up and get the fuck out of this fucking house listen here, all you fucking niggas up in here are just fucking trying it, y'all are just chillaxing, y'all are just chilling, y'all ain't taking up the heat, this is heat, like, we're ready to go, all, both of y'all need to get the fuck out at this point, and I'm sitting here in my robe, he's sitting here in his short shorts, he gets up and he goes to go pack his things, and I'm sitting there looking at this man, because I'm genuinely feeling threatened, everyone else in that apartment is just it's just that girl, the guy's girlfriend, I'm assuming, that guy and me. That's my friend's name, by the way. And he's in the room packing up all his things because he's genuinely at this point he's crying, he's having a mental breakdown. The mom is on the phone, she is screaming at the top of her lungs, she wants everyone she wants him out. Um and the guy the man starts looking at me. Cause now Chris is out of his sight. He goes, You need to get the fuck out too. You need to get the fuck out. See, if you're treating her like that, you need to get the fuck out. Like he's like, I'll pay, I'll pay whatever for you to get the fuck out. And I'm starting to feel threatened at this point. He goes, You fucking nigga, I'll drag you out by your fucking hair, you little motherfucking faggot. Y'all when he said those words to me I started actually fucking shaking I have never once in my life felt threatened felt like my life was in danger
1: it changed my entire point of view of how I see people and I don't think she truly knows the damage she caused to me and Chris that night. I don't think she realizes the the trauma she put us through for me to lock myself in my room. And call the police. I, a black queer man, call the police on another black man. Because I'm so terrified that he is about to mess me up. He said he's going to drag me out. He is up in my face. I am in my robe, but naked under. This is your family friend. And you allow him to talk down. On a literal child, compared to him, this is when I saw
0: a different side of her i I'm sorry, give me one second. I just had to take a breather. I have never felt like my life was in danger before. I've never felt discriminated in that way before. And yes, you could say it was going to happen eventually. And it's probably going to happen 10 times more in my life. But this was the first time that me and Chris had ever felt discriminated or felt like any of our lives were in danger we did not grow up like we grew up very sheltered from any kind of hurt especially me being a black man my parents shielded me from everything so i never got to see what it was like to be discriminated because i was gay i never got to see what it was like to be discriminated because i was black i saw it in the news i saw it outside in publicized places but my parents were friends with the police in our town I never felt like my life was in danger in any sort of way. So feeling that from my own race and having that be caused by someone that I had lived with for half a year, that truly broke me. I locked myself in my room until the cops came and there were six white police officers in my house. And I'm saying to these police officers that I feared for my life because a white woman brought in a black girl to threaten me. How does that make me look? Truly, how does that make me look? I have six white officers. I have me and my friend Chris in my room in tears. I am in my robe. I am clearly, clearly a part of the LGBT community. You can see that we are. And she is. Has just this evil look on her face. It just looked like she, all she saw was red. She did not care if I got shot. She did not care if that police would even step on me. She just knew that she would win no matter what. And that was the first time that I felt. I had no power. It changed my life. I... I would never say that I truly wish the worst for someone, but I truly will take this to my grave. I wish the worst for her and her family because the way that they made me feel. There are people in this world that will live their entire lifetimes And never experienced the amount of trauma that me and my friend Chris went through that night. I was so scared for my life that I moved out my entire life out of that apartment in one day. One day. My parents warned me, and I didn't listen. I trusted. I was a fool. And I will never let myself be in any kind of situation like that ever again. never had hate in my heart but that shit messed me up it showed me that there are humans in this world that are truly meant for hell The most dangerous human beings are the ones that can hide it. But once they can't hide it anymore and it starts creaking out and creaking out, the world will see it. So all I can do is let karma handle what karma will do. I pray to God that she will never put anyone through this situation again. I wish I could help other people out by saying her name. But that's just going to add a whole bunch of other legal issues that I just don't want to deal with. Um, This is a lesson learned. I spoke to my legal team. I filed a police report. That's all that can be done. I'm so thankful for my friends, for my significant other, for my family, for helping me get through this. I'm so thankful
1: for Chris. (laughs) Because He gets this experience with me because if it was just me that had been through this alone, I just don't think I would have made it out. (laughs) I don't even think he knows this, but I'm so thankful for him. We're both so strong. We really are. We're both so strong. And we held each other's hands and we made jokes about it after it all happened, but it really changed us. It put an emotional stamp on both of us that we're just never gonna know how to heal from it. We'll know how to move on, but we won't ever heal from this ever again. We both look at the world so... Hold on, give me a second.
0: I just want to give a shout out to Chris. If you're listening to this, I love you. You're amazing and you're strong. Chris helped me move. He helped me by being there emotionally for me. Like, I'm so grateful to have him in my life and to call him my friend. Um, But there are evil people in this world. And the point of this podcast is... For you to listen to my stories and learn from it. Listen to your parents. They have your best interest at heart. They are the ones that are always going to be there. Listen to your lifelong friends. And listen to your new friends if you don't have any it, lifelong friends. Listen to your heart. That's the most important one is listen to your heart. Don't be in a rush to speed things up like I was. Because even though that entire situation happened to me, the one person that I expected to be there and understand what was going on was my other roommate. He was the one that I trusted 100%. He was the one that I moved into that apartment for. The one that I... thought would be there when I had no one else so the fact that still to this day it's been about it has been a month um he's not contacted me he has not made sure I am okay it hurts a lot he watches my stories He has my locations on and I actually just turned that all off. I wish him the best. I really do. I'm praying for his mom. I'm praying for his family, but I'm hurt. I'm hurt. the one person that could have defended me and made this situation out to not what it became and he was not there. I forgave him for that. I did. I forgave him for that. People kept asking me, how does he feel about the situation? I said, he has not reached out. He has not called. He has not texted me. I have not heard from him in over a month. I've waited. I've held this anger and this pain, hoping that he would call me at least once so I could unleash it to him and let him know. Because he's the only one that would understand. Because he's lived with this person for over six months. She has done things to him, traumatic things to him that he's told me. And I knew he would be the only one that understood it. So when I was getting these stories from people that weren't him about her, and saying how I should have been warned, I should have warned you, she is crazy, she's bipolar, she actually needs to be in a mental institution. And the one person that could help ease that pain doesn't reach out to you not once. I've become a lot more reserved. Even though this situation happened, I am so happy. In my life. I have my parents. That support me 100%. I have my family. My siblings. My nephew. My godmother. My cousins. That support me 100%. I have my friends. That support me 100%. I have my significant other that
1: means so much to me and i'm so happy that i found them and they landed in my life because without
0: that circle of people standing around me if this had happened I don't know if I would have been able to make it out. Okay. I will not stop being emotional. So I'm going to end it on a happy note. The next podcast will be much better. Um, (laughs) If you're listening to this... If any of you are going through anything, please reach out to me. I am here. Um, I'm just so grateful. This this was very healing. This, this episode was very healing. It was not supposed to be about this. It was just supposed to be about friendships. But just be careful who you surround yourself with. Be careful who you let into your space. Because your space is so important. You should always feel like your space is 1,000% safe for you be reserved if you have to it doesn't matter but this is it i'm out thank you for listening to the first episode of mall unfiltered and i will see you next sunday this episode is only available on spotify bye